Amen. Praise the Lord. The truth indeed shall go to every tongue and nation, and is going. <clears throat> Praise God. And we're going to hear a bit about that tonight. Our brother Tim will be ministering, and we're looking forward to the report on what God is doing. And Amen. The move is on, my Lord. The move is on. Amen. Those pulsations of faith. I've been thinking about that. Well, when Brother Jean preached that message, I was thinking about this song. My, what David did when he was in trouble. He went to prayer, seeking God, and he heard the sound in the mulberry trees, and he knew that the Lord was with him, and he moved forward in confidence. Amen. That's what we can do tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. The move is on, my Lord. The move is on. thinking of the rapture when the redeemed are gathering in I am thinking of the rapture in our blessed when the redeemed are gathering
Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Brother Roy Florent, could I ask you to come and open in a word of prayer this evening? I have a couple of prayer requests here that have been written down. Um, there's a brother, Caleb Kabaluki. He's in ICU in coma. That's from uh, Brother David McGeary's down in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. And we also want to have prayer for Brother Glenn Grunert's mother, who's not keeping food or water down. And please remember her in prayer. I believe Brother Glenn is going over there to see her. So just want to remember that need in prayer. And uh, just the different needs in our assembly, Brother Henry and Brother Ebye, and just the different ones, Brother Milko. We've been holding up in prayer. Amen. Brother Roy, why don't you come? Praise God. God is our healer. And we're his purchased possession tonight. Praise God. Amen. God bless you, Brother Roy. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, what an honor and a privilege it's always been for us to come and gather together in this house of prayer, this building that you've, you've bought us, you purchased for us to gather together as one body, to come and worship and praise our God. Father, there is no other greater privilege that is given to us that as humans, as mortals, we can come together with one spirit and with one accord and lift up our voices and worship our God. To worship the King of glory, the Lord of lords, the almighty God, the creator of all living things, Father. Father, we are gathered here tonight as sons and daughters of God, children of the Most High, Father. And we bring our licks of fire tonight here, Father, that we can, oh Lord, just lift up our voices in adoration and praise and thanksgiving to you for the great mercies that you, the living God, have bestowed in each and every one of our lives. What a price that was paid, O oh God, for mortals such as ourselves. Our Lord Jesus Christ coming down in mortal flesh and offering himself a ransom sacrifice, Father, to die and to purchase our salvation. We've sang the songs of Zion, such songs as I am redeemed. What a great confession that you can put upon our lips tonight. That we can say with assurance of faith tonight, Father, that I am redeemed, Lord. Tonight, Father, we just want to thank you and tell you how much we appreciate you. We love you, Father. We love your appearing. We love your presence amongst us. Oh, Father, how thankful we are tonight that you've sent us your word. And as we heard, Father, how there's a voice in the word that speaks to each and every need tonight, Father. So we bring every need here to you, Father, tonight that the word of God will address every situation, every condition, every need that you will meet in your divine presence tonight, Lord. Father, we pray and ask for the prayer requests that have been read. 
that you will move upon those requests tonight, Father. For you have said in thy word, if we shall ask anything in your name, that it will be done. So we ask in your name, in the name of Jesus Christ, the name that is above every other name here tonight, that you will answer those requests that was penned down by hearts of faith tonight, Father. Lord, there are needs amongst us in this congregation, in this body. Father, we ask that, Lord, you will just move in a special way tonight. You will meet every need, Lord. We will not leave this congregation the very way that we came in. That we'll know that we have met with you and we have had our answers, our, our requests been answered, Father. For every sick person in this congregation tonight, Lord. I want to pray and ask that you will meet that need. You will heal everybody here tonight. And I want to thank you publicly, oh God, over this pulpit tonight for what you did in my own family. How you touched my wife with a sciatic nerve, Lord. We prayed, you answered, and she's able to fully, oh God, move about without any pain or any restriction in her body. You are the same God who can answer the prayer request tonight, Father. So thank you for what you've done for us, Lord, and what you continue to do. You continue to manifest your word. You continue to manifest yourself. You continue, oh God, to quicken your word that the bride of Jesus Christ will stand assured tonight that there is no power that can move us from the salvation that you have purchased for us, Father. Lord, we want to ask again, Lord, once more, Father, just once more for Brother Milko, Father. Oh, Lord Jesus Christ, we know that all things work together for the good to them that love the Lord and to them which are thee called according to your purpose. You have a purpose in Brother Milko's life, but we believe, Father, that his natural occurrence to walk and to talk again is in your divine care, Father. So we ask him that you will touch your precious brother tonight, Lord, and raise him up for your glory. Brother Henry, Father, we are believing we will not stop believing. We'll keep on asking and we'll believe that you will answer, Father, for you said to ask and we're asking, Lord, and we're believing that you're a God that hears and answers every prayer. So we believe that you will raise him up for your glory, Father. And we believe, oh God, that it's already done. We pray, Lord, that you will touch Brother Ebi as well, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for the great work which has wrought in his life already. And for the service tonight, Heavenly Father, we've come with expectation, knowing that you're always there to answer. You speak, Lord, and we hear your voice. Speak through your servant, Brother Tim, tonight. Meet every need by the word, Father. And may everything that is said and done through the preaching of the word bring edification to the body. So we thank you, Lord, for this more precious moment in time. And we will utilize it for the kingdom of God. We will press on, Father, for the days are shortened. The lives, of oh, Father, are in wanting tonight. So we ask you, oh, Father, to come in a special way tonight and move in our midst. And we'll be sure to give you the thanks and the praise. And all the glory shall be unto you in our lovely, precious name, the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We love you, Father. We're not ashamed to tell you that we love you tonight. 
We believe in you, Lord, when we really think of what you've done, Lord. This great salvation we shall not take for granted, but we shall press on the kingdom, Father, for thy will be done amongst us tonight, we ask in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen. God. All right, you can have your seats tonight. Thank you, Brother Roy. Appreciate that so much. And Sister uh, Lily Rose, Rose Vidzo has a special for us tonight. If she would come and get ready for us to sing. And um, we also have a, an announcement, a couple announcements. We have um, Young Peoples um, this Friday at eight, on April the 8th uh, at 7 o'clock. And then if you want to bring up that uh, very important picture. There we go. Brother Daniel and Sister Tash Kiwangu are happy to announce the arrival of William Emmanuel Gisongu Kiwangu. <laughs> Amen. And if Brother Daniel's listening to me right now, if I butchered that name, I'm sorry, but we're happy that they're doing all right. Amen. God bless you, sister. God for inspiring me to write this song and I'm thankful for my parents as I turn 11 today God bless you
happy birthday. Wonderful. Just notice uh, Brother Ray there is just beaming. <laughs> Proud Papa. And our sister is a living testimony. Amen. Thank, thank the Lord for that. We'll invite our brother Tim to come. And maybe we can just stand together and worship the Lord, singing, My Jesus, My Savior. Lord, there is none like you. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty
wonderful Heavenly Father, my Jesus, my Savior. Though a thousand fall at our right hand or ten thousand at our left hand, you're keeping us, O God. You're a strong and a mighty tower. Our safety is that we have run into you, O God. You have redeemed us. We come tonight. We claim your word. We claim your redemptive blessings. We claim, as it were, the blood. Not the literal blood which was shed at Calvary, though that was the price. But Lord, the life of the blood is with us tonight. We claim the life. We claim the power. We claim all that is in has been loosed by that blood. Literally, Lord, I stand before the blood of Jesus Christ. For your prophet taught us that she is the blood by the Spirit. And Lord, we thank you that you have changed us, Lord. You have brought us back to that eternal thought. You have redeemed us out of every kindred, tongue, and nation, O God. And as we stand in your presence tonight, we turn back the pages of your word. Every promise, every blessing, everything that we have need of is in full effect tonight. There's nothing that's held back from your bride. And so we pray, Lord, you'll just direct this service now the way that it should go. Minister your word, for your word is spirit and life. Even as we heard on Sunday, Lord, your word is spirit and life. And Lord, we commit this service now to you in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Let's take our Bibles and turn together to the book of Genesis chapter 24. Thank you, musicians. Do you love the Lord tonight? And the rest of you are visitors. We're glad to have you with us. Amen. It's good to be gathered together. Amen. God's doing lots of things in Cloverdale. God's doing lots of things in Ethiopia. The Lord is doing great and mighty things all around the world as the, the age wraps up. And the final events of this great drama of God's redemptive purpose as it unfolds around the world. And we marvel at the works of God. And I just come back from Ethiopia and I say I marvel at the works of God. And uh, what God has done... Uh, we are just so grateful for all of His mercies, not just to us, and thank you for your prayers, but to the believers in Ethiopia and the different places. Uh, before I get into that, let's take our Bibles and turn to Genesis 24. We'll read from verse, 15, uh, verse 12. And this is uh, Eliezer being sent to find a bride for Isaac, a theme that we are familiar with. Verse 12 says, And he said, O Lord, of my, o Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day, and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of men of the men of the city come out to draw water. So notice that plural, daughters. And we know that women in the Bible represents churches. And so daughters, plural. 
And let it come to pass that the damsel, specifically the one to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee that I may drink, and she shall say, drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. And thereby shall I know that thou hast shown kindness unto my master. So I want you to notice that now. He says, I'll ask her for a drink, and she'll say, I'll give you and your camel's drink. So he shall say something, and she will take his word, and with that she will have a revelation of a further work. All right? So let's jump down to verse 48, just to save time. Now he's recounting it before the family of Rebekah. He said, And I bowed down my head and worshipped the Lord and blessed the Lord God of my master Abraham, which had led me in the right way to take my master's brother's daughter unto his son. Amen. The Lord had his blessing to the word. You may be seated. You know, the, this young woman by the name of Rebecca didn't know her potentials. She didn't know what laid ahead of her. She didn't know what would come out of her life in the generations ahead. No doubt that she thought about herself as any woman of that age. When will be my turn to get married? Who will be my husband? What kind of a family will I have? All of those thoughts that go through the mind of a young woman. But God had greater things, I'll say, predestinated for her life. Can you say amen to that? God had a greater purpose in her than she thought even within herself. And the potentials of herself was greater than than anybody in her own family could have imagined as her parents no doubt prayed about a husband for her as her as her brother was very protective of her and and how that these different uh 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 scenarios were playing out in natural human life but there was something supernatural going beyond the scene there was a potential that was unseen unseen by her family and i will say tonight that there was potentials that was unseen by Eliezer because Eliezer didn't go there thinking, well, she's got to look a certain way, or she's got to behave a certain way, or she's got to uh, come from a certain place or do a certain thing. We know that he put a specific request before God because he was desiring that God would direct his decision. Sometimes we look at each other, sometimes we look at ourselves, and we might think, oh well, you know, this is what I see in myself, or this is what I see in somebody else, or this is what I see in a church. But really we have to commit our ways to God. Can you say amen to that? He sees beyond just what the eyes see. So it was a great inspiration that Eliezer had. And it didn't come, this inspiration I don't believe came from Eliezer's mind. I believe God inspired Eliezer exactly what to ask. He put something in his thought that would be maybe outside of the ordinary. So this was something that came from the mind of God. 
And this is what God was thinking about what would be the bride for Isaac. And we know that in the Old Testament that God is reflecting himself in types and shadows leading up to the great manifestation of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, that was to come. So it was God in Eliezer. It was God in Abraham. It was God in Rebekah. It was God in Isaac. It was God in Jacob and on down the line. David and Isaiah and Jeremiah and different ones. It was God reflecting himself until he come in his fullness in Jesus Christ. So we're zeroing down here now to a a thought that God had in his mind. Now, I want to just take a thought from uh, Brother Branham speaking about uh, how he was uh, studying before the Lord and The Lord instructed him in the message, spoken word is the original seed, take up your pen and write. And so it was something that was coming directly from the mind of God. And God was saying, God wasn't waiting for it to be recorded on tape. He says, I want you to just take up your pen and start writing. And then I won't read all of it, but it comes to a certain segment that pertains to you and me. And he says, from a little group, of the true seed of the word, God will present Christ with a beloved bride. Uh, he, He says, she is a virgin of his word. She is a virgin because she knows no man made creeds or dogmas. He said, by and through the members of the bride will be fulfilled all that was promised of God to be made manifest in the virgin. The word of promise came to the Virgin Mary, but that word of promise was he himself to be made manifest. Now think about that. This is a prophet writing this down, but he's penning directly the thoughts of God. It's coming through a vessel, so it's coming into the English language. Brother Murphy preached on a Sunday, what language does God speak? But the I'll say it this way, according as Brother Murphy said it, I'll come back to this because I have a a thought of it, but there there is, it was the Logos that was expressing, as Brother Murphy so aptly described, the Rima, the spoken word that would come forth. So he's interpreting the great eternal mind of God. And remember, this is important now, remember the thoughts of God are eternal. They are substance. They're not like you or me thinking something. God is not just thinking something. All that God is is substance. His thoughts are substance. You are in his mind. And that's when he put you on the land's book of life. He was not writing in a book, I think I'll have something called a Tim Dodd in Laodicea. That was not the thoughts of God. No, it was the thought of God that there will be a man. And he will believe my word. And his name will be Tim Dodd. And I'm writing his name now. He's in my thoughts. He always was in my thoughts. Amen. You always were in his thoughts. It was an eternal thought of God. And so in the eternal thoughts of God, he has a bride. In the eternal thoughts of God, this, uh, thoughts of God, this is not just a bride. This is not just an arranged marriage. This is a beloved bride, he says. God will present Christ with a beloved bride. Aren't you glad for that? You're not just a bride. You're a beloved bride. You're the love of his love. Beloved. 
Oh, well, that's a whole service in itself. He says she's a virgin of the word because she knows no man-made creeds or dogmas. I just believe that. It's just that simple. I just believe it. Say, well, well, Brother Tim, what about this or what about that? I was raised in denomination. I was taught things that were wrong. And you know what? I just believe that none of those are left because I've received the Word of God. It washed me of all the, the wrong thinking. It washed me of all the wrong theology. It washed me of every man-made idea, every man-made creed. Why? Because he's washing a bride. And I'm part of that beloved bride. I better keep pressing on here. He says, God was made manifest. Here He, he talks about Mary. He says, the, the word of promise... And he goes into Isaiah 9, 6. The angel's message was the word of God. Isaiah 9, 6. He fulfilled at that time all that was written of him because she accepted his word to her. He spoke Isaiah 9, 6, the Logos before the foundation of the world. I'll just continue on Murphy's theme. It was such a good service on Sunday. You know, the Logos before the foundation of the world spoke through Isaiah, a virgin shall conceive. Then an angel came and told Mary, it'll be fulfilled in you according to the prophet. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you and you'll bring forth a son and you'll call his name Jesus. And he, Jesus, the eternal word of God, came through Isaiah, came through uh, an angel, came into the womb of Mary and was manifested there. Why? Because Mary said, be it unto me according to thy word. And so it was the eternal word of God that was manifested there. But now he, he, he brings us back to, the, to us and he says, the members of the virgin bride will love him. So then not only is she a beloved bride, but he's a beloved bridegroom. And they will have his potentials. I want to speak on bride potentials this morning. They will have his potentials, for he is their head, and all power belongs to him. They are subject to him as the members of our bodies are subject to our heads. All right, that, that, that might be something that's, that's um, maybe a little bit... Uh, different terminology than we would normally use every day. But let me say it this way. Do you ever doubt when you leave here that this foot is going to go in this direction and that foot is going to go in that direction? Is it ever even a question in your mind when you leave here? Well, I'm scared when I leave the service, Brother Michael, because I don't know what's going to happen, you know. I just... All of a sudden, my whole body starts to go every different direction. No, your body is subject to your head. And you know when you leave here, your body is going to go where you want to go. It's, it's not up for debate. It's not something that's in question. It's something that's an absolute. And so is it in the body of Jesus Christ. It's not a debate in the mind of God. He's not questioning whether you're going to fulfill the word. You are going to fulfill the word. 
Amen. I'm not speaking to the world tonight. I'm not speaking to denomination tonight. I'm speaking to the bride tonight. You are going to fulfill the word, not because of your intelligence, but because you have taken on the mind of Jesus Christ. And this body is subject to the mind of Jesus Christ. We have his potentials. I've been speaking lately on soul potentials, but tonight I want to speak on bride potentials. The reality of the connection of the bride eternally to the bridegroom is a reality that is beyond any human comprehension. And as you'll hear in some testimonies from Ethiopia tonight, God knows what he's doing. Hallelujah. I came back from Ethiopia just like Eliezer. I bowed my head and worshiped. I said, God did this. God is the one that's fulfilling his word. This is not the works of a man. It doesn't matter whether it's in Ethiopia or it doesn't matter where it's in Cloverdale or wherever it is. God has a bride. She has his potentials and she will fulfill all that was spoken of for the bride of Jesus Christ. It will happen. I just say amen to the word of God. I don't care what I think. I don't care what you think. I don't care what the world thinks. It's going to happen. So let's major on that. Amen. I don't want to stand here tonight and major on my mistakes. Amen. Neither do I want to stand here tonight and major on your mistakes. Everybody's laughing like, please don't. We're not here for that purpose tonight. We're majoring on the promise of the Word of God. It's irrefutable. It's immutable. It's all-powerful. He knows all things. He knew it before the foundation of the world. It's going to come to pass. No matter how much the devil comes after us and reminds us how weak we are in our own flesh, that has nothing to do with it. It's His promise. It's His Word. As long as I say, be it unto me according to thy word. Mary said, how can these things be? It seemed impossible in her mind, but let me say, it happened there, and it's happening today. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So she, the members of the virgin bride will love him. They will have his potentials. He is their head, and all power belongs to him. All power belongs to him. They're subject to him as the members of our bodies are subject to our heads. All right. His potentials. Who is he? Oh, wonderful. Who is he? He's the Logos. Is that right? He's the Word. He's the Almighty One. He's the self-existing One. He's the all-powerful One. He's the one that's undefeatable. He is the one that's taking care of the redemptive purpose. He is the one who loves his bride. His pot- we have his potentials. That's why we are what we are. It's not our potentials, it's his potentials. And because he has these potentials, we stand in him. The Bible says in John 1, and it describes it, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. You've heard this on the weekend. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. 
Then it says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. You could pick that up in the book of Ephesians, how Paul says, you are children of light. Walk as children of light. Alright, so we are, we're standing here because in him was life, and the life was the light of all men. Now, Brother Branham picks it up in the, in the Hebrews series, and I, I was studying, I'm studying the Hebrew series right now, and, and, and there was just some tremendous things that he said there as he talked about this Logos, and he called it a fountain, a fountain of love. And let me just read it just a little bit here for you. He says, could you imagine before there even was an earth, before there was a light, before there was a star, before there was anything, there's a great fountain going forth of spirit. And out of this fountain come the most pure of love. Because there was nothing for it to come from there but love. He says what we call today is a perverted love. But just as we get an essence or a little bit of that love in us, it changes our whole opinion. All right, so now Brother Branham says, in the beginning it was just pure love streaming forth from God. That's John 1, the Logos that come into the existence. That was the purity and the strength of it. What we have today is just a, a shadow of a shadow of a shadow, but yet even a shadow of a shadow of a shadow changes our thinking. And if that's how powerful a shadow of a shadow of a shadow is, how powerful is that unhindered, unblemished stream of God's pure love that flowed forth in the beginning? That's the potentials. Hallelujah. He says the Logos. He goes on, the Logos, the great fountain, the great fountain of spirit, which had no beginning or no end. The great spirit began to form in the creation and the Logos that went out from it was the Son of God. It was the only visible form that the Spirit had, and it was a theophany, which means a body, and the body was like a man. And Moses saw it when it was passed, when it passed through by the rock, and he looked at it, looked at the, like the hind part of a man. It's the same type of body that we receive when we die here. And we'll come back to that. If this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, we have one already waiting. That was it. That was the theophany, which was the Son of God. That Son, that Logos, become flesh because we were put in flesh. And the theophany, the Logos, become flesh here among us. What is that? John 1, 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Are you with me? All right? It become flesh here among us. It was nothing else but the dwelling place For that entire fountain dwelt in him. Now you wonder about the power that was in Jesus Christ. Not a shadow of a shadow of a shadow. But the entire fountain. The fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily in Jesus Christ. The fullness of the fountain. The fullness of the Logos. The fullness of the love of God. He says that was Almighty God, Jehovah, that great fountain, that theophany, that Logos. All right. We were there in the beginning because there's where the Lamb's Book of Life comes into view. The seed gene was there. God's foreknowledge, which is His thoughts which are substance and eternal, not just thoughts. 
their eternal thoughts. But that expression of God that comes to you as an individual, it's designed to be manifested in us. Designed. Wasn't, that's not even really the right word. It's predestinated to be manifested in us. And, and, but that expression in us, in you and me, is hindered. The fullness of the power that is in that, from that fountain, that eternal love, is hindered because we still have an unredeemed flesh. Is that right? That's why Paul says in Romans 7, when I would do good, evil is present with me. So I find a law that works in my members. The things that I would not, that I do. The things I would, that I do not. And so there's a constant battling. Even the scripture says, I believe it's in Galatians. The flesh lusteth against the spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another. So that you cannot do the things that you would. But Jesus wasn't that way. Jesus did not come in a sinful body. He came in a created body. Amen. So there was the love of God in the full power of it, unhindered by a flesh that was unredeemed. There was a flesh that was a created word flesh that never sinned, that wasn't born by sexual desire, that was born without sin and lived amongst us the full fountain of the power of God in a vessel that could not stop it. No wonder the devil couldn't defeat him. Hallelujah. The power of God, the fountain of God fully manifested on the face of the earth. Oh my, let me touch the hem of his garment. Let me call out his name. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, come by my way, oh thou son of David, as, as blind Bartimaeus called out. Or that widow, that, the woman of Zarephath, as she cried out, Lord, have mercy on my daughter. Let me cry out to him, that great fountain. That great potential that's in him. and The potentials of divine love. Now remember, when Brother Branham was caught on the other side, they, were, they had gone from this body to another body. And he said, that's why he describes when he's caught on the other side in 1960, caught up, sees his natural body lying on the bed, must have stepped into his theophany. You can describe it whatever way you want. But I believe he stepped into his theophany. And as he's standing on that other side, amen, people are embracing him. Stand up, Brother Michael. They're on the other side. They're hugging him. Oh, my precious brother. It's real. It's not just something, oh, you know, where'd he go? It's not just a spirit, you know. It's not just an illusion. It's not a, what is that word, uh, uh, Mirage or figment. There's, there's another word for it where they project something. And I, hologram. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. It's not a hologram. It's not something that looks real, but you can't touch it. No, it's a real body. The prophet of God was touching those bodies. And, and, the, and the people were just all joy and all peace and all rest because the potentials had been loosed. Now they're in a body that no longer hindered the potentials. 
Now that body was the body you were meant to be in. A body that was free of sin. And, and Brother Branham looked at the other side. Oh my, he says, sublime wouldn't touch it. Oh, perfect. It's beyond perfect. It's beyond any of our words to describe it. And he thought, what is this? And the angel of the Lord said to him, this is what you preached was the Holy Ghost. This is divine love. And you can't enter here without it. Because divine love is the Holy Ghost or the Holy Ghost is divine love. But the problem is the Holy Ghost in the believer is still hindered by this natural body. Potentials. Potentials that lay in the bride of Jesus Christ. A body that hinders us. A body that hinders an Ephesian church. A body that hinders a mature people. You know, I hate to say this. Brothers, close your ears for a minute. You'll never have a perfect church in this world. And it won't be here because I'm here. But even somewhere else, you can't have a perfect church. Why? Because we got imperfect bodies that are hindering the potentials. The potentials are there. You want to do good. You want to say right. You want to only do the right thing. But then there's the flesh. And as John Wesley said, we're as likely to make mistakes as we are to breathe. Are you with me? And Paul preaches to the Ephesian church in chapter 4. He says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Let me say it the way Murphy said it on Sunday. Let no corrupt rima proceed out of your mouth. All right. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. That it may minister the law, no, sorry, grace to the hearers. Lord, help me as a minister. Lord, help you in your homes, in your family. Lord, let me not speak the law. Let me speak grace. Let me minister grace unto the hearers. And then the next verse is one we're all familiar with, but we often quote it in isolation. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. But then he goes on, and here's the hindrance now. He says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. We could spend all service on just those words. And be ye kind one to another. You know, the funny thing, it doesn't say only be kind to those that are kind to you. No, it says be kind one to another. Tender hearted. Forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. It doesn't just say forgive, but says also be kind. I thought it might get quiet when I got on this. Be kind. Lord, help us. Why is Paul saying this? He says, because you have potentials. When Jesus walked on the earth with unhindered potentials, he could say to this demon, go. 
and it had to go. It was just that simple. He could say, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus rose from the dead. Is that right? The potentials, those same potentials is in every born again son and daughter of God. It was many as received him, John 1 again, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. To them gave he the power to be like him. But only watch this thing. James goes into it. If a man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man. Amen. Oh, Lord, help me. Listen, I'm preaching to Tim Dodd here. Lord, help me just to say the right thing. Lord, help me to keep this flesh under subjection. Lord, help me to stay prayed up. Lord, this unruly beast that I'm dwelling in that wants to have a mind of its own. I don't want what the flesh wants. I want the potentials. Because God sees the potentials in us. He sees a potential to be a bride. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that? I thought at this point in time I'd be able to switch over to missions, but let me go a little bit further. She is his potentials realized in this day. I love how Paul preaches to the Ephesian church, not just the Ephesian church, he preaches to the Corinthian church about marriage. But he preaches to the Ephesian church about marriage. He says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of the water of the word. Why? Because she has his potentials. Hallelujah. He's sanctifying us. He's cleansing us. He's molding us into his own likeness and image. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Do you have his potentials? That's what God's looking for all over the world. There's a people ordained to his potentials. There's a people that on the outside might not look like much. To the world don't look like anything. Brother Branham in the book of Hebrews, the first chapter of the book of Hebrews, he goes into, he talks about Cain's lineage versus Seth's lineage. He talks about Cain's lineage and the wisdom and the civilization. And he, he ties Einstein in there. He says, Einstein of Cain's lineage, the great minds, the great intellect, the great wisdom. He says, but that's not what God's looking at. See, God's looking at you because you bear his potentials by predestination. And if you've received his Holy Spirit, his potentials are within you. Pulsating, desiring to express itself as it did in Jesus Christ. Well, we thank God for his grace, don't we? So Eliezer, God was not selecting Rebecca according to the mind and the wisdom of man. Eliezer was rather looking for a certain connection, but he was, he was committing that connection to God. He realized that, Lord, I'm going to put a large fleece in the way here. I'm going to put a large request. I'm not just looking for a nice girl that's going to give me a drink of water. I'm looking for a girl that'll look beyond just what I say and desire to do something above and beyond the call of duty. 
I'm looking for a bride for Isaac that's willing to go beyond what's asked of her. That's willing to catch the mind behind the request. Oh, are you catching what I'm saying tonight? The word is going forth, but there's a mind behind the word. That's what Murphy was preaching about on Sunday. The Logos behind the Rima. You can hear the word spoken, but are you catching the thought of God behind the word that was spoken? Are you catching the very inspiration that come from the eternal? That isn't just a bunch of do's and don'ts because that's the law. That's the law. But we're not bound by the law. We want to minister grace to the hearer. We want to go above and beyond. We want to catch the very thoughts of God. Of what he wants me to do. Even though we might not see it exactly written in black and white. But it will be the very manifestation of Jesus Christ in bride form. This gospel is not a cookie cutter gospel. The experience of the new birth is not a cookie cutter experience. There's one evidence and that is you will receive the word for your day. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you will believe the word for your day. But you might have an experience that differs as far from east from west. As far as north from south. Brother Branham in the Bible, in the Bible, in the message, he talks about different experiences of different individuals. You know, he talks about the man that's just moved in a certain way to start seeking for God. He says, that's when you got it. He talks about another one like, um, what do you talk about? Dried peas on a cowhide. That's a different kind of experience. He talks about uh, getting down at the altar and beating one another in the back until they got it. He talks about difference, pressing in. He talks about all kinds of experiences. But the one constant in all of it, you will receive the word for your day. Because the Logos is the word for your day when it's revealed and it brings forth the potentials of the bridegroom. I just believe it that way. If you believe it different, well... I pray that God will manifest the life of the Word in you. That's all. So God was not selecting a bride according to the taste of Eliezer. God was not selecting a bride for Isaac according to the taste of Abraham. Abraham wasn't even there. He wasn't even selecting a bride for Isaac according to the taste of Isaac. God had a predestinated bride for Isaac. And God has a predestinated bride for Jesus Christ. Brother Brown says in the message, Time of Decision, he says, Eliezer, after he had got to the gate of the city, now he was going to take his own intellectuals Now, was he going to take his own intellectuals to try and pick out perhaps what he thought to be the most suitable wife for his master's son's wife? And was he going to use his own judgment? Could he go into the city, look around, find the most attractive woman and what he thought would his own self would be the best for him? And I think Eliezer made a grand decision when he said he would trust God for it. When a man gets to that place, It's time not to use his own thinking. He says, oh, if we could learn to be a trusted servant of God like that, that we could commit things to God. It's the most powerful thing I know of is a committal. Commit your ways unto the Lord. 
Commit your thinking to him. If you're sick and the doctors can't help you no more, then just commit your case to God and act like it's already done. Something will have to take place. It just can't keep from it because God is a creator. So he says, same message, different city. He says, Eliezer started praying, O Lord, let something supernatural happen. How many believe in the supernatural? He says, and he no more said that till Rebecca come. God's right on the dot. You can start the slides for me. Just come back from Ethiopia. And uh, very thankful for the opportunity to be there. The uh, um, the regulations have lessened up. We were able to get into Ethiopia. There's no restrictions in the country other than a few places where you have to wear a mask. But other than that, we had no limitations on what we could do, where we could go, and that sort of thing. It is a, com- a country that is uh, in a bit of turmoil. In the north, they, had, uh, they have a war. Um, in the north of the country, towards Eritrea, uh, they have uh, a division in the country. The Tigrinya people are separated, and there's a number of believers in that area, and you'll want to remember them in prayer. It was not, they were not able to come to the meetings. What we did is we set up meetings in Addis Ababa to gather the people together and have what we call, what we would call a convention. It wasn't thousands of people, wasn't even hundreds of people, it was over a hundred, but it, it didn't reach to 200 people. But we thank God because God was there. So, in the center of the city, in the big red dot, you'll see Addis Ababa. And then below that, in a, also a big red dot, you'll see Hawassa. Those are the two centers of the meetings. And you'll see some small red dots where some of the believers were gathered together. If you look at some of the yellow dots that are in the city, in the country there, there are believers also in those areas. And for one reason or another, they weren't able to make it to the meetings. And so, but we thank God for each and every one that were there. We landed in the city of Addis Ababa and gathered together with, I'll say, the elders in the church. Now, the elders in Ethiopia are no more than nine years in the message. So to us, it seems like a short time, but to them, these are the elders in the church. And these are wonderful brothers. Uh, I'll go from left to right. Brother Seged uh, on the far left is uh, with the glasses there. He also runs a college, and uh, private college, and uh, has, has uh, his own educational works. And uh, he's also the main translator in the Amharic language. And uh, I'll show you that in just a moment. Uh, a real wonderful brother. You can just see the life of the Holy Spirit in him. Next to him is Brother Mogus, the pastor now in Addis Ababa. And he is uh, uh, just a stalwart brother, was actually trained in the law. And uh, he's one of the original believers. I think he's been eight years in the message. One of the original believers in the country. On the other side, next to me, across from Brother Mogus, is, is Brother uh, uh, Ephraim. 
And he's a young brother, 22 years old. He's going to be getting married here in May. Wanted me to come to his wedding, but he's, his wedding is the same weekend as our special meetings. So I said, sorry, buddy. Uh, I'm going to stay home. And uh, I'll be here for the meetings in May. And then on the other side of me, there's Brother Gurme. Brother Gurme uh, is married to Sister Yodit. And as you remember Sister Yodit, you'll see her in just a moment. Uh, she's a wonderful sister and a real fine family there, Brother Gurme and Sister Yodit. Brother Gurme here is a translator, is a translator in Tigrinya which is the northern area, and his people are from that area, and he keeps in contact with some of the believers in that area, but you cannot contact them directly. They have a contact through which they contact believers, and it's not easy, and remember them in prayer. I don't even want to go into the detail, lest they don't want it out. So the meeting started on Saturday, and uh, you notice the name of the church, Bible Way Church. And uh, that's the name of the church there in Addis Ababa, English on the left, and that's uh, uh, Amharic on the right there. Brother Basabozi came over from Uganda, there he is on the left, and uh, with Brother Mogus and I and myself there. They put up a, a sign outside the church, Annual United Message Believers Conference, host Bible Way Church with invited ministers Revelation 10.7 is the theme scripture there. So they had, they had this all organized. And they did a tremendous job. It's the first convention they hosted. And uh, it was not easy for them. But they did a wonderful job. And the main thing is that God was in it. And so uh, they brought a bus of uh, 27 people, busload of 27 people uh, from Hawassa. So many of the believers from Hawassa and new people from Hawassa traveled the six or seven hour trip from Hawassa to come up to the convention. They were, they were parceled out amongst the believers and in homes and all kinds of things just like we used to do in days of old. And, and, uh, and so they were all set. They were all primed. They were singing all the way from Hawassa to, to Addis Ababa. And uh, you will just ignore the spelling mistakes on the sign. Bible believers. All right. So this is the church in Addis Ababa, or at least most of the church. There's still some space on the left-hand side there that we don't see. This. So this would be first thing in the morning on Saturday morning, the beginning of the first service before everybody had arrived. There's Brother Basabozi giving a greeting to the people there. They had uh, photography and all of those kind of things. And we, we had the, the first service. And I'll just say, from the first service in Addis Ababa, the presence of the Lord came down in a powerful way. I'll just say, way more than I was expecting. And, and everybody has a, every minister has a way that he gauges the moving of the Spirit. Some it's by how many they get to the altar. and Some it's by how many amens you get. For me it's just how, how much liberty and how far the people can go in the Word of God. Because as you feel the pull and, and the welcoming Spirit to the Word of God, the more it opens up, then you realize the more that, that these people have come a ways in the Word of God. And so I'll just say, I preach messages here that I've preached these subjects at home here in Cloverdale, and I preached them further than I've even preached them here. And so these people were ready for the Word. 
They wanted the word. Matter of fact, at the end of the first service, uh, they were uh, so uh, revelated, stimulated is the word I'm looking for, by the revelation of the word. They just begun to worship. And, and, and they just continued worshiping. I had to ask one of the brothers, uh, would you mind taking me back to the hotel? Every, nobody was paying any attention. They were just lost in the Lord. They were rejoicing in the Word, just like you rejoice in the Word. And I, I, I was thrilled. I was thrilled to be there. And, and I'll be, I'll make an honest confession. I wasn't expecting that. I've been there many times before, and you know, the people are young, and, the, and you're, you're preaching the Word, and you're laboring with them. I'll tell you what, I had complete liberty in Ethiopia. Absolutely complete liberty. And God just had control from the very first service. And the Lord began to deal with them and deal with them in ways that I wasn't expecting. And we had a Saturday morning, Saturday night, and Sunday morning service. And during those meetings, people were being convicted. Visitors were being convicted. There was denominational preachers in the services. They were being moved on by the Holy Ghost, saying, we've never heard these things before. It was God that was taking a hold in that country to a greater extent than he had ever done before. And I was just so thrilled to be a part of it and a very small part of that. And so uh, after the Sunday morning service, we had baptisms. And, I, and uh, I, I'll, I'll just say, uh, I'll just share some of these testimonies with you so that you can see God's dealing with these people. And, and these are just outstanding on the far right there, the man with the hand to his head, is actually a taxi driver. And he was witnessed to by the pastor's wife, who is on the far left there. So he's on the right, and she's on the far left with the, I think, iPad or something in front of her face, taking video or pictures or something. And, and she's the pastor's wife, Brother Mogus's wife, Sister Mercy, and uh, he was her taxi driver. And she somehow got connected with him. Now, Brother Mogus has a vehicle, just to show you how strange things happen. Uh, we helped him to get a vehicle because he needed it to reach out into the countryside and be able to transport things and that sort of thing. So we, he got a, a Toyota pickup truck that had a bench seat in the back, but it was only two doors. Now, lo and behold, the government, in all of their wisdom, made a ruling that if you have one of these pickups with a back seat, but it only has two doors, you can only transport the driver and one other person. I know, that's what I said. This wonderful government in Ethiopia. They now considered it a commercial vehicle, and they, he used to carry people in the back seat, such as his family. But because of that ruling now, the wife had to take a taxi to go to some places with their little boy. But lo and behold, a taxi driver shows up. And that taxi driver gets witnessed to. And, and a matter of fact, she, she told him one time about being baptized according to Acts chapter 2, and he pulled over to the side of the road. He had to read it for himself. And, and such was the way of God dealing with him. Anyway, came to the meetings. God gripped his heart, said, I can't go another day. I must be baptized. And he was baptized that weekend in the true Christian baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. Next was a man. I'll just go uh, to the next picture here. Sorry, I'll go back here for a minute. Next, with the yellow towel is a man. 
that is from a city that's away from there. You'll remember uh, a while back there was a brother there, and this is the brother there in the brown jacket, that was dying of tuberculosis. He wasn't a brother at the time. He was a natural brother to Sister Bujanesh, who was the sist- a sister in the church. And her brother here was dying of tuberculosis. She asked the brothers to go and pray for him in the hospital. They went and prayed for him. God raised him up miraculously. The people of his town did not expect to see him back. So much so that they no longer call him by his natural name. They now call him Brother Lazarus. All right. This is one to them that raised from the dead. All right. Well, his sister, Buzanesh, got married. Okay. So this brother here, the second one from the right, he came to that wedding and God convicted him. Why? Because he knew the testimony of Lazarus, uh, brother Lazarus. And, uh, and God got a hold of his heart and he was baptized that Sunday in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. The next one from him, the third brother here, uh, is from a town called Shona, which was one of the southern dots that you saw on the map. And he was a denominational minister. And after reading the message of the hour, he, he believed and God met with him in a vision. Now, I'll have to stop here for a moment. Ethiopia is a very, very religious country. I've never seen anything like it. They're not just denominational religious. They are devoutly religious. They believe in God. And they believe in signs and wonders. And they believe in miracles. And they believe in all of these things. And I'll I'll maybe touch on that in a little bit. But but to them, a dream or a vision is not something that's a surprise. Not something that's necessarily unusual. God deals with many people. they got people they call prophets, prophetesses, all these kind of things. And we know that can go off on a tangent and, and in the wrong direction. And we don't live by those things. The absolute is the Word of God. But here this denominational minister was praying about this message. And God spoke to him. He said in a vision, whether it was a vision or a dream, I don't know. But he said in a vision... God told him, you must go to this convention and hear the truth. And he traveled all that way from Shona, which would be about a 10-hour journey, to come to the convention in Addis Ababa, and God got a hold of his heart and said, you must receive true Christian baptism. And there he was baptized that Sunday in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now the first girl here... The one standing beside the brother, the minister, and beside Brother Lazarus. Brother Lazarus is her daddy. God gave her her daddy back. God did something special for her. And God got a hold of her heart. And she was there that weekend and said, I must also be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we praise God for that. And then the last girl there uh, is the youngest daughter of one of the believers in Addis Ababa. I think she's 12 years old. And God got a hold of her heart too. So you have the whole spectrum of supernatural experiences with God. 
One from one place, one by vision, one by being witness to in a taxi, another by being at a wedding and whatever more. Whatever it is, God knows how to bring them in. Amen. Amen. God won't lose one, as you'll see. After all the baptisms were over, the people were done, everybody was leaving, one of the bus drivers came up. He had sat in the meetings all weekend. He's just a bus driver. He wasn't a believer. He'd never been in a meeting before. But he sat through those supernatural services and God got a hold of his heart. And before everybody was, they were ready to pile on the bus. They were ready to get on the bus and go back and, and, and he just takes one of the brothers aside and says, you know what? I believe what you people are preaching. And the brother had enough wisdom to say, well, are you ready to be baptized? He says, I will be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So even a bus driver coming all that way, listen, he said, the lives of the people in the bus so spoke to me before I even got here. They were singing, they were rejoicing, they were happy, they were glad, they were thrilled to be going to the convention and, and partaking of the Word. And that so touched him when he sat there and heard the Word of God, God directed that Word right to his heart and blessed him. And now, now he's one of the brethren there in Hawassa. Amen. One of the thrills of the trip was that we were able to uh, hand out for the first time, the church age book just printed in the Amharic language. This is the Amharic church age book. And the brothers there had labor. Brother Asegid was the main translator. And uh, we printed a thousand of these in the country of Ethiopia. So we didn't have to deal with shipping and customs and all that kind of stuff. We didn't need a huge quantity. But now they have the church age book in their own language. Everybody that attended that, amen, go ahead. Let's give God praise. Everybody that, that came to that convention got a church age book and a message of the stature of a perfect man. We're now printing Amharic uh, translations in Uganda where Brother Basabuzi does the printing for us. And, uh, and then we bring it over. He brought them with him over into Ethiopia. And every month we're printing, I think it's 500 messages in Amharic of a new title every month over in the country of Uganda, and then shipping it over to Uganda. So praise be to God, the people are feeding on the Word. I just wanted to show you this. Uh, this is Amharic. Uh, to me, it's hieroglyphics. And I said to them, write my name in Amharic. And so that says Tim in Amharic, and then in that says Sarah, and then that says Gideon. And... Uh, I'm amazed. I had them take the, the, I take the book and, and re, I turned to a certain page. I said, here's a scripture. Read this scripture for me. And they just rattled it off. And I just thought, my, that's amazing. That is just amazing. Me, I'm, I'm unilingual and not very good at that one language. But uh, when I see these believers receive it in their own language, it always takes me back to Brother Branham's vision. The bride clothed in the garment of her own nation. This is the bride's garment for Ethiopia. Hallelujah. Amen. Many people ask me, how's Sister Yodit doing? She's one of the original believers. Great testimony. Sister Yodit and her husband started a restaurant there, and we went there and we ate there. And uh, had a wonderful time. The food was great. The fellowship was great. These two young boys are new believers in the church. 
And so, you know, they use it to employ believers there. And so it's all good. Uh, she's doing wonderful. The family's doing great and pressing on in the kingdom of God. So we thank God for that. We went from there. I'm, I know I'm probably running out of time. I am. And uh, we went from there down to the city of Hawassa. Uh, they're building us a great highway. This isn't it. Uh, this is a pretty good road. But they're building a divided highway down to Hawassa. It's about half finished. And so we went halfway on this great fast highway and halfway on a not-so-fast highway full of traffic and not doesn't look too bad here. But when you hit the towns, you're moving pretty slowly. But we thank God we made it down to Hawassa in pretty good time. I think it was six or seven hours and, and to begin the meetings down in Hawassa. Hawassa is a bit of a resort place. It's got a nice lake, Lake Hawassa. And uh, there uh, we had a nice time with the saints down in Hawassa. I had two meetings, one on Saturday and one on Sunday. And this is the meetings there. And uh, we had about 20 people from uh, Addis Ababa, 18 people from Addis Ababa join us, uh, as well as the believers down in Owasa. Now, um, at the end of the uh, second service, I just want to convey this as carefully as possible. At the end of the second service, the Sunday morning service, the meetings were coming to a close. It was the last meeting in Ethiopia. And I was beat, uh, you know, the, how you feel after preaching. And uh, so the, they were worshiping in Amharic or Oromo. I don't know which one. They were just rejoicing in the Lord. And I had kind of drifted to the back of the sanctuary and, and was kind of standing at the back. I'll go back a slide. Standing at the back by the door there where you see the brother and uh, they were all worshiping, and as they're worshiping, I thought, you know, I'll just step outside some, for some fresh air, so I stepped out onto the sidewalk, and as I'm standing on the sidewalk, uh, after a few minutes, a young brother, a young man, not a brother, comes up to me, the, the one you see here in the sweater with the zipper, uh, young man here, he comes up to me and he says, in broken English, he says to me, you need to talk to the driver of this car. Now, when you're in a third world country, Brother Michael, you don't listen to everybody, all right? That when they want you to go somewhere, you don't necessarily go, all right? You're not sure what they're trying to do. Are they trying to sell you something? Are they trying to rob you? Uh, what, is, what is it that they're trying to do? And I said, well, you know, I don't really need to speak to him. He said, no, 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 you need to, you need to talk to the driver. No, it's okay. I says, I'm good. I says... I says, well, I'll just stay right here where I'm standing, just, just outside the church and just on the sidewalk there. It's not busy because it's, as you can see, it's Sunday and, and they're quite religious. There's not a lot of traffic, not a lot of people on the street. And uh, he says, and he's insistent. And he says, no, you've met him before. And I go, I've met him before. Well, that's a new one. And, you know, I, I'm a real skeptic here, Okay. And he, and he says, you've met him before. And I said, well, okay, where did I meet him? And he says, well, you met him in a church over here. And I'm like, well, I've never been in another church in this town, so he must be mistaken. I've never met him before. You know, that it's, it's all right. He says, no, 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 you have met him. And by now I'm getting a little exasperated. So I pull over Brother Germay and I say, Brother Germay, would you talk to this young man and find out what his story is? 
because he is very persistent here and I, and I don't understand what he's trying to say to me. Here's the story. The driver of the car, the man standing next to me there, is actually his dad. And they were in church that morning and his dad, before the service started, was praying. And as he was praying, in his words, he was caught somewhere. And he says, he was looking up, standing, talking to a big white man with glasses on. And he was dressed a certain way. And he saw how he was dressed. He saw him there with glasses. Big white man, he says, because I was, he said, I was looking way up. He says, in the vision. And I thought, and so he says, so he, the, he thought, well, you know, maybe somebody like this will be in our church today. The service went on. The preacher came out. Nothing was new. Everything was the same. It was nothing. He kind of didn't really know what to make of it. Gets in his car. He's a professional driver for the government. Gets in his car with these two other fellows, the older man and his son. And he's driving down the street and he misses his turn. He's a professional driver. He knows the city like the back of his hand. Misses his turn and ends up on the street that I'm standing on. And he goes down the road and he, and he looks over and he recognizes the man standing on the sidewalk was the man in the vision. God knows what he's doing. He knows how to get a bride. It's beyond our efforts. God knows exactly how to do it. He knows exactly where every predestinated seed is. He knows precisely how to reach that person. And he, and this driver's going down the road and he sees this big white man dressed a certain way with glasses on standing on the sidewalk. And he pulls in to the side of the road and sends his son because he doesn't speak English. He says, go tell that man I need to talk to him. And so he comes over and that's, that's how it begins to unfold. And Brother Gourmet says, that's the story. And I said, well, I guess we better talk to him. And we go over to the vehicle and the man comes out of the vehicle and we stand there and, I, and all I can think of is, Lord, I may never see this man again. And so I'm dumping the whole load right here. And I just began at Malachi 4 and begin to share with him what God has done in our day. And God has sent a message. And the reason I'm here in Ethiopia is because God has sent a message to gather a bride out of every kindred, tongue, and nation. And this message has come in the last days to bring us back to the original faith. To restore us back to the, what the first church had. And you must be baptized according to the only recipe in Acts chapter 2. Repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall receive the gift of the Holy I just lay, I won't go into all of it now, but I just laid it out for 15 minutes. I just I thought, I'm going to preach to this fellow. If God's speaking to him, that's the least I can do. And we just stood there for 15 minutes and at the end of it all I said, now you have a decision to make. God has dealt with you. I didn't ask you to come here. God showed you that you needed to talk to me. I've told you the truth. Now you need to respond. And he said, I believe what you're telling me. He says, now I'm in a bit of a quandary. He says, because I have to be somewhere at a certain time and I have to leave right now. But can we meet again? And I said to Brother Germa, I says, get his contact information. 
I said, just set up an appointment with him. And, and they did, and they set up an appointment for that evening. They asked me, Brother Tim, do you need to come? I said, I don't need to come. I said, my part's done. I says, I was just the man in the vision. The Word is the Word. Now you take him into the Word, just like I did, and they did. And I says, you lead him to the waters of baptism. Because God has dealt with this man. Long story short, at the end of them meeting with him that night, he says, I believe these things. I need time to pray about it. He says, I have an eight-day business trip. At the end of those eight days, we'll meet again. And I believe this man is a part of the bride of Jesus Christ. Not because I thought this particular man needs to hear. But God said, you need to hear. Hallelujah. What a God we serve. Our God is a supernatural God. Amen. So they, they after the meetings there in uh, Hawassa, they had baptism there. And there they are down at the river. I didn't attend this baptism. They, they, they went... Uh, at a time I wasn't available and went down there. And, and so they met with uh, the believers there. There was nine baptisms in the city of Owasa altogether. And so there they are down at the river with the candidates for baptism, baptizing them. The Lord got a hold of them. There was a lot of people that were sitting on the fence with this message. But God used that weekend to deal with their hearts and anchor them in the Word of God. I dealt with them on the very story we're talking about of Rebecca. And I said to them, I says, Eliezer had to ask Rebecca because Ethiopia is a very strong cultural country. Some of you African people from your countries, you know what strong culture is. They're one of the strongest. Because if they receive something other than what their family believes, they are totally shunned from the family. They're told, we, you cannot marry, we will not bury you, we will not have anything to do with this, a total separation. And so they, they, for them to receive this message is outstanding. And God dealt with them on the subject of Rebecca uh, being asked, will you go? Will you leave your family? Will you leave your culture? Will you leave your city? And the Holy Spirit just came down and began to deal with those people. And one by one, their hearts just begin to melt. And they begin to say, we need to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we thank God for that. Nine baptisms were there. There was a brother in the meetings in Hawassa, or I'm sorry, in Addis Ababa, that was also convicted, but he had to leave because of work at 4 a.m. on Sunday morning to go all the way to the city of Arba Minch, which was the southernmost dot that you saw on the map. And he had to go home for work. But he told the brothers, he says, please come. I will gather my family and my friends and we will hear the word of God and you will preach to us. And so the brothers made arrangements immediately after I left and they traveled down to Arba Minch on the Thursday and ministered to the people there. And there were four people baptized in Arba Minch, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So there's a, 20, a total of 24 baptisms that have taken place as a result of the convention and the trip into Ethiopia. I say, blessed be the name of the Lord. I just had to raise my hands and praise God. And just say, Lord, you have made my way successful. 
I, I went to Ethiopia, maybe not with very high expectations, and, and you know, I just lay that on myself. I'm just going because it seemed to be the Holy Spirit pushing me to go. Maybe not, I, maybe a little bit wondering what's going to happen, but it beat, beat. It was beyond all my expectations what God did in Ethiopia. And I can say tonight, this message is rooted in Ethiopia and there's nobody that's going to be able to pluck out those roots. I am fully persuaded that God has done an eternal work in the country of Ethiopia. There's been labors over the year. There's been seed sown. There's been works done. There's been baptisms. There's been so many things. But from what I saw on this trip, I can say God is fully in control. I say blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. So we'll be having some works to do there in Ethiopia. There's still a fledgling work. They're still very young and very weak. Uh, naturally speaking, we'll be helping them to do some printing. We need to get the church age book into Aromo. They're working on that translation. We need to get it into Tigrinya, which the translation is finished, but the country isn't opened up for getting it to the people. Uh, we have our monthly allotment of 500 messages. We, their church needs an upgrade in equipment, a new printer, sound equipment. We bought them years ago when they first started a single speaker. Were you involved in that? I think maybe Brother Darren was. Uh, remember that single monitor? No, that we bought them in a microphone and uh, uh, back in the day, and it was just a very rudimentary sound system for a very small group. Well, they've outgrown that now, and and uh, I just said, "Well, you pray." I says, I, "I don't." I says, "Our burden is not sound systems. Our burden is the Word of God." I said, "But you pray. I'll make the need known, and we'll know, we don't know what God's going to do." And and somehow I told Mogus, I said, you need to trade that truck in now. I says, yeah, God used it. You, you had to have your wife take a taxi. The taxi driver got saved. That's all good. But I don't think every taxi driver in Ethiopia is going to get saved. And uh, I said, you need, a, you need a vehicle that's going to transport some people. And, and so I said, we'll be praying for you that God will make a way. And, and he's got some uh, plans to do that. Would the musicians come? And so God is moving in Ethiopia. The Holy Spirit has sent His message by a vindicated prophet into this age to get a bride. Nine years ago, 2013, we, we were burdened. There were brothers here that God put it on your heart to talk to me about Ethiopia. God had already put a burden on my heart for whatever reason about Ethiopia. I didn't know, I'd never been there. I just knew a few Ethiopian people and, and the Holy Spirit was working, but all of a sudden the Lord made it clear, now's the time. You see, there's a time that Abraham had to say to Eliezer, it's time to get a wife for Isaac. And he sent Eliezer to get that wife. God sent this message to get a bride. God put that anointing upon individuals, different ones doing their different parts. Brother Busabozi had a tremendous impact in that country, evangelizing and winning souls and finding those initial believers, just a tremendous work. But now I can say, the work of Ethiopia is now in the hands of Ethiopians. There are brothers that nine years ago didn't even know Jesus Christ, are now ministers in this gospel. 
and solid in the Word of God and burdened for their own people. And I say praise be to God. So you pray for them. Pray for the country of Ethiopia and we'll just trust the Lord to make it uh, even more fruitful in the country. Brother, if you want, if you're interested in more details on the testimonies, uh, the last two missions podcasts were done from the country of Ethiopia. Myself and Brother Mogus talked about a lot of these testimonies. So there's more, there's more um, details on the podcast than what you heard tonight. You can get the podcast. Just uh, go on the website. You'll find there how to, how to get to the podcast. But I trust that it'll be a blessing to you. If not anything else, it'll give you something to pray about. These are our brothers and sisters. What God has done in that country is nothing short of supernatural. And I don't use that term lightly. I don't just use it to describe oh, some nice little meeting. No, this was beyond the thinking of man. This was the mind of God that come down into that country from nine years ago finding these individual brothers to even now visiting a man in a denominational church and pointing him where to find the truth. Visiting a denominational preacher in a town way out of the city and saying, you need to go to that convention. God's in control. He won't lose one. Jesus said, all the Father has given me will come to me. I believe that with all of my heart. Amen. Let's stand together. Let's sing, these are the days of Elijah, shall we? We can try, try that together. I'll just wait for the, ver- the words here. Amen. That's what we're living in, saints. We're living in a supernatural time. These tes- Do you like this testimonies? These testimonies to me are thrilling. I rode home on the plane. You ever heard of the term binge watching? Binge watching. I binge watch the services from here. Okay? Uh, I, I downloaded all the services while I was away and I watched them one after the other on the plane just so I could catch up on what the Lord was speaking here. And I just sat in that plane seat and I marveled. I thought, oh God, how supernatural is this gospel? And we're a part of it. We're a part of what you're doing in these last days. Those people in that church, talk about this church, they've given because you burdened them. And they gave to Ethiopia, and they gave to Uganda, which, by the way, 250 more baptisms in Uganda this week. And, and they've given to all of these purposes because you burdened them. But it's not the money. You've moved supernaturally to reach it. I heard Brother Murphy and Brother Timothy there were talking about the last soul. I think he, he mentioned that on the service that I watched on the plane kind of struck me about that fellow in that church that saw that big white guy with the glasses. The last soul. Where's the last soul? Is he the last one? Brother Moses is on fire. He's on fire with this. I I just say, oh God, open doors in North America. We don't want to just preach to each other. Lord, open doors here. 
Maybe there's a denominational church in North America that'll receive the message. I'm not talking about the church, but people in the church. Maybe there's souls that are hungry for you, Lord, that need this message. Maybe there's somebody, there, maybe there's a taxi driver that somebody in Cloverdale Bible Way needs to witness to. I know you've been witnessing. I know there's been souls saved. God's been doing things. But don't ever underestimate God. These are supernatural times. These are glorious times we're living in. Let's just give God our all and say, Lord, if I can just be in the right place at the right time, lead someone by my way. And I'll share with them the glorious truth of the message you've sent in these last days. Amen. These are the days of Elijah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, what an hour we are living in, oh God. Sovereign grace abounding to the chiefs of sinners, oh God. You're reaching out into areas that man could never reach. Just an opportunity. When I see the growth, when I see the maturity of the people there, when I see, Lord, where they've come from nine years ago, till now, Lord, a convention, meetings, different things, oh God. But it's not just the meetings, Lord. It's not just the the gatherings, oh Lord. But you use them. You use them to reach into the hearts of people. You reach them, oh, use them, oh God, to reach into lives, to bring sinners to repentance, to bring denominational understanding to naught, to bring them into the light of the hour, oh God. You reached out, Lord, and you extended your hand, and we give you all the glory, Lord. We give you all the honor. When I think of these brothers, Brother Chael, I think his name is the driver, oh God, and the different ones, Lord, that you've moved upon now. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, may you open the word to them in an abundant way. May you clothe them in your righteousness by the revelation of the word and raise them up in heavenly places in Christ Jesus as they walk with you. Too many are the testimonies, Father, to be able to share in one service. Lord, I just thank you. I give you glory, Lord, for what you did during those two weeks. What you did in the lives of the existing believers, Lord. Their testimonies, their words, which are beyond what I can share with the people. But Lord, how they were so happy to be connected to the church here, to be connected to the pure Word of God. Not a a, a sectarianism, but a pure Word, Lord, that they could stand in the truth of the message of the hour and be revelated by it and overcome as they're called to in this hour. Take the testimonies that were spoken this evening, Lord, the Word that was shared, May you bless your children by it, Lord. May you draw them closer to yourself and may you let each one know that, Lord, you're not just the God of Ethiopia. You're the God here tonight. You're the one that's speaking to hearts tonight. There's somebody you're convicting, Lord. May they say, I too need to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I know there's some already, Lord, that you've got a hold of and they're going to be baptized on Sunday. Lord, may you prepare their hearts that you might fill them with your Holy Spirit, we pray. We commit this service to you. Bless each one as we go on our way for your glory. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let's just sing that little chorus before we go. There's none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. There is none
God bless you. The service is dismissed in Jesus' name.